This episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast, is brought to you in partnership with Thermo Fisher Scientific and Applied Biosystems' new Qualtrack real-time PCR and digital PCR solutions for biopharma. Give your cell and gene therapy development an edge with reliable and accurate qPCR and dPCR workflows backed by a trusted supplier. Explore the complete ecosystem of CGMP-compliant qPCR and dPCR assays, master mixes, and instruments at thermofisher.com slash qPCR slash biopharma. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Harris, and my guest for this episode is Dr. Robert Hollingsworth. He is the Chief Scientific Officer at Shoreline Biosciences. So, Bob, thank you so much for your time. It's great to have you. My pleasure, Aaron. Good to be here. Great to talk about some cool science. I know, I know. I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to jump right in. All right. So I'm going to tee you up a little bit because then I want to get to our pipeline. So, or your pipeline, uh, Shoreline Biosciences, your San Diego-based biotech, uh, developing what we have here is intelligently designed allogeneic standardized and targeted IPSC derived NK and macrophage cellular immunotherapies. So keep me honest there and making sure that we're up to date on what we're, uh, what we're telling our listeners that we're doing. And then uh, break down your pipeline for us. What are you working on specifically? Sure. And your description is correct. It does sound complicated though, doesn't it? Uh, and in, in fact, it is, uh, but at the same time, I'll try to explain it in more straightforward terms, both the technology and the pipeline. So in the first instance, uh, we are excited by what we've referred to as the immuno-oncology revolution. This started about maybe five years ago with discoveries that the immune system can be retrained to fight a patient's cancer cells. And you can do this in various ways with small molecule drugs with antibodies, and even with cellular therapy. And in fact, one of the most exciting parts of the immuno-oncology revolution was a therapy called CAR-T therapy, or chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy. And this is a, a therapy by which you remove T-cells from a patient's body. Uh, and again, this would be a cancer patient that's in late stages of disease. And then you activate and target their own T cells in the laboratory using genetic engineering, grow up large numbers of them and reinfuse those into the patients. And lo and behold, this complicated procedure works very well, especially in blood cancers like leukemia. And in fact, it's even cured some patients. And so this is the basis of a really exciting quantum leap in uh, using immuno-oncology to help make new therapies. And so what we're doing here at Shoreline is kind of moving that to the next generation, the next level. And in particular, we're building on some of the successes of the CAR-T therapy, but also trying to overcome some of the shortcomings. So in the CAR-T arena, again, this is a personalized therapy where the T cells that you are taking out of the patient, activating and reinfusing, can only be used on that one patient because uh, they would be rejected if you put them into a different patient just because of mismatches in uh, you know, tissue types. Uh, and so it is a personalized therapy where one dose, one construction of the therapy can only be used for one patient. And so that limits accessibility, obviously, 
Uh, it makes it a very expensive procedure. And it's also time consuming, a time which many late stage cancer patients may not have. And so while it has worked very well with some patients, it does have some of these shortcomings I mentioned. And so looking at opportunities for improving that, we first moved to an area that we're calling off the shelf cell therapy. And we can talk about that in more detail later, but the idea is to rather than have a personalized medicine where it's custom made for one patient, you instead make the cell therapy ahead of time that can treat many patients and you keep it in the freezer until a patient's diagnosed and then they can immediately be treated and you can use this on many, many patients. In addition, T-cells as used in the current CAR-T therapy uh, can lead to some toxicities. In some cases, these are fatal toxicities. And so recognizing that there are other cells in the immune system that can be harnessed to target cancer, we and others have looked at natural killer cells and macrophage, which are two other cell types that are responsible for fighting off pathogenic infection and cancer uh, within the patient's body. And so while T cells are very potent, uh, these other cells also are very potent and work in different ways. And curiously, for reasons that we're still trying to understand, natural killer cells don't seem to have some of the toxic side effects that CAR T cells do. And so we're combining the idea of an off-the-shelf approach rather than personalized, customized for only one patient with the use of alternate cell types, natural killer cells and macrophage, and harnessing them to make therapies for patients. Now, having started with that technology, we're trying to advance multiple programs into clinical testing to see how these work. And I guess you could say that at, as we're called shoreline, we like to think about things in waves. And so we have three waves of advancement into clinical testing. The first wave is to test our genetically enhanced natural killer cells, whereby we have done some engineering that make them work better and are more targeted against cancer cells. And again, these are off-the-shelf natural killer cells that can be used on many patients immediately upon diagnosis. And so we have a first wave of engineered enhanced natural killer cells with two programs that are headed into clinical trials for first a relapse refractory AML, acute myeloid leukemia, but also other cancers. That's our first wave. The second wave then is again borrowing this idea from the CAR-T field and using antigen-targeted receptors, so-called chimeric antigen receptors, that target these cells directly to tumor cells and leave normal cells alone. Uh, and so they home in on tumor cells using this receptor called the CAR receptor. And so we have a second wave of natural killer engineered cells that also now include this targeting receptor that targets them specifically to cancer cells. Uh, and so we're excited about advancing about eight programs into the clinic to test for their ability to fight various different solid and liquid tumor types. Uh, and we're doing this in collaboration with external partners, other pharmaceutical companies. And then our third wave, which is also quite exciting in part because it's such a new area, is trying to do similar harnessing of macrophage. So macrophage, another important anti-cancer cell type, and again, by genetically enhancing them and targeting them with CARs, we think that this cell type is going to be another 
new generation of cellular therapies for cancer. So that will be our third wave. Excellent. Thank you. That was very, very helpful and setting our listeners up for exactly what Shoreland Biosciences is working on. I do want to talk a little bit about a little bit more, excuse me, about uh, the the NK cell therapy for acute myeloid leukemia. So you've completed preclinical testing and mm-hmm. was hoping you could bring the listeners up to speed on any results you can share uh, and maybe provide some next steps of what's going to go on. Yeah, certainly. So the NK field, natural killer cell field, is not quite as advanced in our understanding as the T cell field. Uh, T cells were the first cell type that were harnessed as a therapy for cancer. But nonetheless, discoveries made over the last, say, five years or so about natural killer cells have really positioned us with knowledge that allows us to now build therapies based on natural killer cells. And so While natural killer cells all by themselves, as their name indicates, naturally kill cancer, uh, that's actually how they were originally named is that observation, Uh, we've also learned that we can enhance that killing potential using a variety of genetic engineering tricks. And so over the last couple of years, we've been testing different ways of modifying natural killer cells to make them more potent anti-cancer cells. And as one example, uh, we discovered that knocking out a single gene called CISH, C-I-S-H, which stands for cytokine inducible SH2 domain protein, a big mouthful, knocking out this one gene can lead to hyperactivation of the natural killer cells for their ability to kill tumor cells. And the way this works is that the CISH gene is normally a suppressor of one of the activation signals for natural killer cells. Natural killer cells rely on uh, small proteins called cytokines to activate them for anti-cancer killing activity as well as uh, cause them to proliferate. Uh, And obviously in a normal homeostatic setting, you don't want that to get too far out of control. And so there are breaks on that system. Uh, And one of the breaks also kind of referred to as a checkpoint Uh, is this cis gene that makes this protein that ensures that you don't activate too far. Now, we found that when you knock out this gene in natural killer cells in the laboratory and then infuse those into mice, uh, we can generate a much more potent anti-cancer natural killer cell. And we've done this both in in vitro cell culture systems where we can use our SISH knockout natural killer cells and compare them to normal wild type uh, natural killer cells for their activity to kill in a Petri dish or in a flask uh, target tumor cells. And we see that there's a tremendous increase in that killing potential. And then again, when we test in mice, these are mice that are modeling human cancer and and have tumors that uh, we inject into the mice and normally kill the mice we can see that the enhanced natural killer cells with the SISH knockout leads to greater protection and even causes cures in some of these mice. So we're quite excited about that. And that's kind of the the basis of the natural killer cells that we're engineering to take into the clinic with the first wave. Beyond that, uh, we're limited only by our understanding of the biology and our imagination with respect to different alterations we can make in the laboratory for these off-the-shelf natural killer cells. So as mentioned before, we can add a new receptor that targets them specifically to 
tumor antigens and not normal cells. This is the CAR receptor. Uh, we can also do other things like augment the ability of natural killer cells to work in conjunction with circulating antibodies in a uh, phenomenon called antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity, or ADCC. And so we've also engineered our natural killer cells to be super-affinity ADCC, meaning that they work better in conjunction with antibodies. And once again, uh, looking at how these cells behave in laboratory conditions and uh, in vitro studies, we can see that they work better than normal cell, while natural killer cells in killing cancer cells, killing cancer cells specifically and leaving normal cells alone, and in killing tumors in mice. Uh, what's more, they, they uh, seem to have a longer lifespan, in particular knocking out that cis gene I mentioned, seems to rewire the cells to have a longer lifespan and be more energetic. So all kinds of different genetic modifications that we're making to enhance these natural killer cells. Excellent, okay. And I'm glad you've continued on with the topic of the natural killer cells, because even on cell and gene, we've continued, we've started covering it and are continuing to cover it even more. And so I wanna talk about it a little bit more broadly um, in, you know, as the field recognizes here, the importance of the off-the-shelf NK cell therapy, not only from a cost reduction perspective, but for even improving safety measures. So from a broad perspective, talk to our listeners a little bit about how NK cells are necessary, especially just to move immunotherapies forward. Sure. Yeah. So T cells are great. Uh, I love T cells. And again, this was one of the places that launched the immuno-oncology revolution. And T cells are indeed one of the key cell types in the immune system used to fight cancer and therefore can be harnessed as a therapeutic. But at the same time, it's an, an immune system after all, meaning that it's in, comprised of many different cell types that work together as a system to combat disease, including cancer. And natural killers are different from T cells insofar as they're what's called an innate immune cell rather than an adaptive immune cell. And as such, they're first line defenders, first line responders, if you will, to cancer. They're already ready to go. They don't need to be uh, genetically modified for uh, focusing their T cell receptor uh, and they're very quick to respond. What's more is they orchestrate a broad immune attack by bringing in other immune cells using signaling systems. And so all of those attributes already make them an attractive tar uh, target for cellular therapy. Our ability to then engineer them further, I think, has also allowed us to do things that you can't do with a T cell. So again, for instance, I mentioned the notion that uh, T cells can, upon stimulation, lead to adverse events, to toxicities. In particular, there's something called cytokine release syndrome, which uh, in the CAR T field still is a, a very dangerous disease in some patients and can be fatal. Natural killer cells work in a different way that they don't induce, as far as we've seen so far, cytokine release syndrome. So, you know, that's already an appealing advantage. Uh, in addition, natural killer cells seem to be more amenable to making off-the-shelf therapies. Uh, and again, we don't fully understand this, but the ability to make natural killer cells from stem cells, and, and we use a, an approach called 
induce pluripotent stem cell derived uh, natural killer cells, iPSC derived natural killer cells. They seem to be more amenable to being derived from stem cells, and this allows them to be made as off-the-shelf therapies. You know, rather than having to extract the adult cells from a patient, we can derive these natural killer cells from stem cells in the laboratory. And this is a completely renewable source uh, where we can grow up large batches over and over again of highly uniform homogeneous cells that we can then uh, instill into the patient. And it turns out that these cells are not easily rejected by uh, tissue mismatch. And so they can be used in many, many different patients. So those are some of the advantages of the natural killer approach versus the T-cell approach, including a better safety profile, uh, amenable to being an off-the-shelf therapy by deriving from the stem cells. And so consequently, we've been focusing our energies on uh, developing this technology as an alternate cell therapy for cancer. Good, good. Okay. Uh, I have two follow-up questions based on everything you just said. The first is... Um... You mentioned your, of course, your IPSC-based approach. Talk to us a little bit about how you're using INKs and IMAX um, in detail. Sure. So the I uh, just stands for induced pluripotent stem cell derived, and it's just shorthand for connoting that the natural killer cells that we're making are actually derived from the stem cell source. Now, the notion of deriving adult cells from stem cells has been around for a long time. Uh, stem cells, after all, were originally recognized as being cells that can give rise to many different adult cells. Uh, and there are some stem cells that are so-called pluripotent, meaning that they can give rise to virtually any different adult cell. So the original sources of stem cells were somewhat problematic, um, in particular, the embryonic stem cell coming from you know, human embryos and umbilical cord, obviously a, a controversial ethical challenge. Uh, in the last five years, uh, a Nobel Prize was awarded to uh, a scientist who discovered that you could actually make stem cells by reverting differentiated adult cells with some genetic cues by making a couple of different genetic changes you could revert a, an adult cell back to a pluripotent stem cell. And that's called an induced pluripotent stem, stem cell because we've induced it to de-differentiate back from an adult genotype into now a stem cell genotype. And we then use those as the source for then deriving many different cell types. In our case, we're interested in differentiating them into immune cells that can be used for disease, including cancer. And so the way this works is having started with the induced pluripotent stem cell that was generated through this Nobel Prize winning technology. We then have, over the course of the last several years, found techniques that allow us to direct the differentiation of the stem cell through the hematopoietic lineage, you know, through the blood type lineage, and then even focus the differentiation further into individual blood cell types, whether they be T cells or in our case, natural killer cells or macrophage. And this is truly an art, you know, finding the, the differentiation conditions, both in terms of the culture conditions and 
exogenous factors that we add in to stimulate their differentiation really was a, a, an empirical tour de force to figure out how to do this. Uh, what's more is having then generated the differentiated natural killer cells or macrophage from the iPSC, the stem cells, you also want to be able to grow up large quantities. And so a lot of work has also gone into then expanding the cells once we've differentiated them, them into these innate immune cell types that we like. And this then is the basis for these innate immune cell cell therapies, including what we're doing here at Shoreline. Good. Okay, thank you. And the, the second follow-up question I have is really also another, it's a pretty broad question. Our listeners are and cell and gene readers are no strangers to the concept of off the shelf, right? And right. But what I wanted to talk through with you is, you know, why off the shelf for Shoreline? What are its advantages? And what does it really mean to the therapies you're developing? Yeah, so certainly the idea of an off the shelf cell therapy is an exciting holy grail within the field. When cell therapy was first being pursued, as mentioned, it was pursued as a patient-by-patient -patient personalized therapy where you would remove cells from an individual patient, engineer them and activate them for new attributes, and then return them into the patient. Again, doing it patient-by-patient -patient because you couldn't actually infuse the cells from a different patient into another patient because of tissue rejection. And so this idea about being able to avoid that tissue rejection and make cells rather than uh, custom just in time, make them ready to go off the shelf, has enormous opportunities for expanding the access and affordability of cellular therapy. So currently the personalized so-called autologous approach uh, is quite expensive because it is person by person and requires uh, you know, single drug manufacturing. And in addition, because you're using it from uh, cells that are derived from the patient who is sick, uh, sometimes the cells themselves are not healthy enough to actually be used to make the new therapy. So instead, by using the stem cell derivation approach and making it into a cell that avoids the tissue rejection and can be used in many different patients, we can generate very carefully characterize for quality and homogeneity and purity and grow up large numbers of doses that we have stored in the freezer. And this ends up doing a couple of things. Number one, it just is an economy of scale that by having made thousands and thousands of doses that can be used for many patients, it obviously reduces the cost of producing these cells making something that was previously a very expensive, often unaffordable technology, now something that is financially accessible to virtually any patient. In addition, it obviates the time needed for generating a customized cell therapy from a patient who is in late stages of disease. Again, often those patients don't have enough time. And in many cases, the cells that you would use for their therapy are dilapidated. Their immune system is, is weakened. And so in this case, there's no time loss. These cells are ready to go the moment the patient is diagnosed and they're derived from a healthy source. And so the ability to rapidly treat the patients 
and do so with very robust cells is dramatically increased. So this is truly a quantum leap, I would say, a, a big next generation step forward that is taking some of the exciting lessons and proof of concept that we learned in the aut autologous personalized CAR T arena and now translating in this into a therapy that's accessible to all patients. And that's really what excites me about this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and me as well, and I'm sure our listeners, that's really the goal here to, to provide you know, therapies that are available to everyone at a, at a cost-effective, with a cost-effective price tag. Um, so we've reached the formal end of our discussion here. So thank you for all the information you've shared. Oh, my pleasure. Always a cool subject to talk about something that, as you can see, I'm, I and many of my colleagues in the field are very excited about this. Good, good. Absolutely. And as you continue on with your trials, I do hope you'll come back and bring us up to speed on where you're at. My pleasure. Well, before I let you go, uh, at the end of every episode, I like to talk to my guests about who they are when they're sure. not at work to get right. a little bit of an idea of who they are. So uh, for our listeners, the when we're recording this, uh, the holidays are around the corner. And right. so I thought I'd ask Bob, you know, what are you, some of your favorite holiday traditions? Sure, yeah. Uh, Aaron, one of my favorite holiday traditions is just the opportunity to step away from the busy workday schedule and relax with family. And so I'm very much looking forward to gathering with my family. I mean, many of us in this world and certainly in the world of cancer drug discovery work very, very hard, uh, but at the same time, it's nice to take a break every now and then and really spend some quality time with family. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that. Uh, it's also a time of charity. You know, I love giving gifts and it's an opportunity to, you know, give back. Uh, this is the time of year where we do some volunteer work and uh, help out charities as well. So, you know, between gathering and relaxing with family and giving back, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's great. That's what it's all about. So it sounds so. like a perfect way to spend to spend the time. Well, that's wonderful. Um, all right, listeners. Well, that wraps up this episode of Selling the Podcast. Thank you so much again to Dr. Robert Hollingsworth of Shoreline Biosciences for your time. Bob, this was wonderful. Thank you for your time. This is my wonderful. pleasure, Aaron. Enjoy talking with you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please visit selengine.com to subscribe to our e-newsletter and subscribe to Selengine the podcast for more episodes just like this one. We'll talk to you soon.